Hi, my name is Arusa Sheikh, and I am very excited to welcome you to the Omni Women All Change podcast. We at Omni Women are a volunteer sisterhood from within Omnicom, and we're on a mission to inspire women from around the world to lead, whether that's in business or in their personal lives, in a way that is truly authentic. In this series, we'll be talking to some amazing women who share our passion for inspiring and lifting the incredible future generation of talent by sharing the good, the bad, and the beautiful moments where it all changed. Today, we have the amazing Ade Hassan joining us, speaking to Omni Women's Toby Asari, from how she went from the world of finance and private equity to becoming an award-winning fashion entrepreneur in the UK with her brand, Nubian Skin. Nubian Skin is a lingerie brand catering to women of color, which Ade started in 2014. Since then, Ade has been named 2014's Fashion Entrepreneur of the Year, the UK's favorite British designer of 2015. Ade was appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire in the 2017 Queen's Birthday Honours for her services to fashion. And if all of that wasn't enough, Ade has had the honor of her brand being worn by Beyonce, which is so incredibly impressive. And you can imagine how excited we are to bring this story to you and this incredible moment of all change. And we hope you guys enjoy. I'm so excited that we have you here today to talk about all things change on this incredible podcast. We're going to be unpacking your story and your moment of change. And as we're going to be talking about lots of different moments of change in this whole podcast series, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how you define yourself because you wear so many different hats. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Um, I suppose when it comes to defining myself, I'm Ade. Um, I'm a creative, I'm a dreamer, a mother, a wife, um, and an entrepreneur. Oh, you are. And you're honestly one of the most kindest, beautiful, spirited people that I possibly know. I don't even know if that's actually properly a word (laughs) or a phrase that I should be using, but I just think there's a beautiful aura and spirit about you and everything that you do so I'm really excited to kind of get into your story and for other people to learn about who Ade is today as well Um, and um, in terms of all those different hats that you kind of wear in terms of entrepreneur mother have you always defined yourself in that way that's a really good question um no obviously how I've defined myself has evolved over time because I've evolved over time um but the dreamer part has always 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 um been a big part of who I am that and being a creative they're just yeah I I can't ever think of a time where creativity and dreaming wasn't part of who I am yeah, absolutely. Because I think you talk a lot about always wanting to start a business and we're going to come on to your business because you are the founder of an incredible band called Nubian Skin. And I'm sure kind of dreaming up that business has been something that was kind of in the works for a long time, not necessarily always knowing exactly what that business was going to be. Um, but um, actually now, fast forward several years and now you've got this incredible business, which you're definitely going to get into. Um, but could you um, tell us a little bit about that moment, that big challenge? change moment where you probably change from employee to entrepreneur whilst always being a dreamer of course so yeah the moment I suppose the lead up to starting or launching Nubian Skin I should say because the starting of it was sort of (laughs) that in and of itself was about a three-year journey but the launching of it um, I remember it was 
when I essentially stopped being an employee. It was December 2014 because Nubian Skin launched October 2014. Our campaign had gone viral before that. That was August. Tell us about this campaign because I actually (laughs) remember seeing this campaign on social media because there was one of the models and I think her name was Rachel. I might be wrong. Exactly. Yes. One of the models who was a friend of a friend of a friend and it had gone round several WhatsApp groups that I was in. So please tell us about this viral (laughs) moment that kind of led to... I guess the birth of Nubian skin being more widely known in the industry. Um, In August 2014, I knew, you know, we needed to create imagery. So we had our first samples and I had been dreaming and dreaming and dreaming of this shoot and these ideas and writing in a notebook and I found the perfect location. And it was the shoot day and we had the four models, the photographer, videographer. It was just, it was it was magic because um, it was the realization of a dream. Um, and we had this incredible shoot in Shoreditch, and these four beautiful women, and one of whom was Rachel, who I just think is like the sweetest soul. And um, we put one of the images on Instagram. And at that time, I had 50 followers on Instagram, <laughs> mostly friends. Um, <laughs> tragic. Anyway, so had this image of this four woman and I remember I'd gone on holiday and all of a sudden my phone just kept buzzing and then I had a hundred followers and I was like oh my goodness a hundred people care then it was a thousand like so quickly then in four weeks it was twenty thousand and this image of four women different sizes different shades wearing the lingerie had gone viral in a way that I just didn't understand because I was actually quite, I was a novice on social Mm. media. And um, then it started getting picked up on Twitter, on Tumblr, which was a big thing at the time. I remember Tumblr. (laughs) And then we started getting press requests from the Daily Mail, you know, from Marie Claire, all these names. I was like, I don't know what's happening and I don't have a press department, but I'm going to create a press email (laughs) (laughs) that they can all respond to. And, And that was the, that was a really amazing moment of seeing the power of, Um, community because people saw that image saw themselves in that image and started retweeting and reposting and so we had no PR budget no marketing budget no connections within the industry and all of a sudden we were being covered by magazines I could only dream of being covered by Mm. Um, and that was all before we'd even launched and and that was that was mainly the power of um, the black community particularly black women. And for those that don't know what Nubian Skin is I'd love for you to share what Nubian Skin is, that dream that came to fruition and the wonderful business that you've created. So Nubian Skin is a really simple concept. It is skin tone, lingerie and hosiery for women of colour. And in 2011, when I came up with the idea, nobody was making nude bras or even you could get some brown tights maybe here or there if you were lucky, Um, but nobody was doing nude underwear for darker skin tones. And I decided, despite having no um, background in fashion, um, that I was going to create a lingerie company that focused on um, diverse skin tones for women of colour. I absolutely love that. And your product, as simple as it now sounds, and it sounds like a no-brainer mm. now, but I remember when I first got my hands on it <laughs> and actually you had a pop-up store in Covent Garden and I made sure that I came down. Yes, it was kind of actually that. just as things were opening up from COVID. So it's yes. probably one of my first times going on public transport um, during that time. And actually then wearing the garments, I think I tried on one of the vests and thinking, this is so simple. Mm but I can't believe nobody has done it 
in this way. And I can't believe that actually I've been walking around with maybe a beige tank top or a tank top that actually doesn't necessarily suit or match my skin tone. Actually how empowering it is to have a product that is made for maybe somebody who looks like me, but anyone from, you know, any walk of life or your different background now has a range of options. And like you say, nobody was really doing it at that time. Nobody was. Um, So it was, uh, yeah, it was a special moment. And listen, I know you've worked so hard to build (laughs) this incredible brand. So can you tell us a little bit about the journey of what life was like before (laughs) Nubian Skin, what you were doing and actually how you then came to kind of create the brand and launch it? Of course. So my life pre-Nubian Skin was very different to my life as an entrepreneur. Um, My background was mainly in finance. So I'd done university, done my master's, uh, had an internship and then started in banking. Um, And I came up with Nubian Skin when I had sort of a one year stint in consulting, which I decided wasn't for me. Oh, gosh, it was not for me either. (laughs) (laughs) But I understand. Unhappy in the workplace was brilliant motivation for really figuring out what I wanted to do and that was when I decided and and sort of came up with the concept of Nubian Skin Um, and then I went back into finance because I knew I needed to sort of save some money and um, to to launch the business so I I went back into finance for about three years and I was having a lovely time like I love I think sometimes there's some people who don't love their career Mm. you know and that's sort of the push to become an entrepreneur Um, I besides consulting, loved finance. Like I loved it. I loved dressing up in power suits. I loved seeing clients. I loved my team. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And so um, going back into that field um, while I was sort of planning for Nubian Skin was, um, that was that was a really happy and like enjoyable time of my life. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was different because it was corporate. I was earning, you know, a lot of money and I had a lot of freedom. I was also... Um, you know, at that time I was single I didn't have children so it was just it was a great good lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> it was a great lifestyle of you know lovely restaurants and like amazing travel and lovely hotels and it was um yeah it was kind of when I envisioned my life when I was younger and the things that I wanted to accomplish working in finance was one of them um you know sort of traveling the world was one of them and so it was it was a time of ticking boxes of the things that I mm. had always wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, I had, I have to say, I had a pretty nice, cushy life. I was working very hard, but it also, you know, had dividends. So so working hard in the corporate world and finance world to then being a business owner are two very <laughs> different things. I think a lot of people think, right, I'm working really hard in my day job. I'm really ambitious. I've got this dream. I've got this vision. I can easily just jump ship and create something and create a brand and create a business. But it's not like that. It's not. (laughs) And so I'd love to hear a bit more about your experience, that transition, that change moment. What did it what did it take? Who helped you on that Mm. journey? So I, one, am so grateful for the support network that I have. But yes, making that change. So when I, you know, sort of had my final paycheck from my job in banking and my goodbye dinner and everything, and that was lovely. Then it was like, okay, this is this is life now. Um, I had a tiny, tiny, tiny office with a slanted floor um, in Bloomsbury. um, And I had an intern and that was it. And so all of a sudden I went from having you know, the support system of team and, you know, somebody like did my expenses and um, 
if you needed to arrange travel, somebody did that to figuring out like, what do I do with the bins? It's like, what do I, I <laughs> need to take, take out. It's I, me. Exactly. It's, it's like, you. I, was like, I need to take out the rubbish. I need to. And when I did get my first full-time employee, it was like, so I need to figure out payroll. So all of a sudden I'm doing payroll. I'm doing, um, I'm trying to figure out VAT. Great. So we need to do VAT returns now. Um, operations. So I was doing pretty much all the roles and all the unsexy things that you think about with, you know, like when you think about entrepreneurship, I think it's it's very glamorized. But the reality of, of it is, especially when you're a startup or an independent, you are doing all the unsexy things, yeah. um, you know, like setting up email addresses. Like I was like, where's IT? I'm IT. I mm. am terrible at technology, you know, things like that. So it was it was a really, really big shift um, and it was scary, actually. Um, and I, my sister is phenomenal she's like such a support for me Mm. and my parents were again they're just such a support they're both entrepreneurs and and they gave me so much advice and they also just gave me so much support in every way imaginable um for helping me know that I can do this my mum had warned me she said you know your life is going to change and I didn't fully understand what that meant and and you know but so she was there to sort of like just listen and give me perspective when I needed it um, because it was a complete change on so many fronts mm-hmm. as far as what I was doing every day, as far as lifestyle, as far as stress, because all of a sudden this isn't a job where, you know, you've just got to work hard and you'll get your paycheck. This is a, I need to make this business work, work. because I've left my job and this is my business now. Um, and at the time I wasn't married, but I I had, had I started? Yes, I, I was um, you were in, in, I was I was yeah. in my relationship with <laughs> now my husband amazing. Um, and he was amazingly supportive as well because again when you are starting off something you are working hard in a way that can be quite hard for mm. you know a significant other to understand or yeah and so he was brilliant about that and so I just had a very very good network of close friends and family who supported me when I was down and supported me when I wasn't down and Mm. were just like championing me and cheerleading me which was very much appreciated yeah and it's really hard I think in a business like the one that you've created so successfully I don't think people understand and realize a there's a lot of kind of research and development that has gone into actually creating your business there's a lot of kind of testing and Mm. matching and manufacturing and making sure that that is all kind of up to a really high standard I know you you have incredibly (laughs) high standards and the products are definitely to that standard but not only that it's getting them to market it's Mm -hmm. getting the word out it's making sure customers are happy it's you know, all the things that you've described above Um, and it's uh, no small job for (laughs) somebody who's working, you know, in a a small office with a slanted floor. (laughs) Um, And so when you talk about your family and your support system, it sounds as if they've been absolutely vital to your journey and your success. And so I wonder, um, also having Nigerian parents myself, I wonder was there anyone maybe in your close circle that perhaps didn't necessarily understand that change or did you come across any barriers to the change that you were hoping to make for yourself at all? So interestingly, I was, I didn't tell very many people at all. Um, I wasn't interested in very many people's opinions mm. um, and the people's opinion who um, really the people that I was interested in, you know, knowing what they thought or felt were the closest people to me and so um 
I didn't come across from that perspective naysayers at the beginning because it was very sort of tightly held secret. Yeah. Um, and given that both my parents are entrepreneurs, I think they have sort of slightly different mindset. You know, I mm. think sometimes, you know, Nigerian or immigrant parents can be a bit like, are you sure you want to, to take this? that risk? But, <laughs> you know, they were sort of like, go for it. Absolutely. Um, because I think they come from that mindset themselves. Obviously, as the business starts and you sort of, you know, your ambitions grow for the business, then you come across obstacles mm. um, and people, you know, saying no. So I remember we started going to trade shows and um, we had some amazing retailers who sort of got the idea off the bat. But then you get, um, you know, and buyers are the people who are going to decide if you get stocked in a retailer or not. You know, and then you just you're at trade shows and you're just getting blanked mm. or people, you know, just being rude or people not you know, just kind of going like, oh, that's quite niche. And you're like, really? You think people of color are niche? That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and that was a really, you know, that's a really hard thing to to deal with because when you've kept things in a tight circle who are very, very supportive and then you start opening Mm. up to the world and there's people who are literally almost like blocking your progress. That's, that's a hard, um, that's a hard one to, to, to get over and to navigate mm. and where have you found the courage I guess to kind of push through some some of those barriers and those hurdles because most people mm. 99% of people that are either starting businesses or you know starting a business which is as I guess unique as yours mm. would probably think this isn't worth it it'll be so easy for me to run back to my very <laughs> comfortable pre-finance lifestyle traveling lovely clients so yeah, what gave you the courage to keep going? So first of all, I'd say my support system was amazing. Um, and then secondly, and my, I remember having a conversation with my mum. My mum said to me, she's like, you don't have to do this. If you're tired, you can walk away. And nobody, she's like, it's completely your choice. And I remember that sort of fueled something in me because I realised that it was up to me ultimately to decide if I was going to continue with this or not. Um, and that's that's very, very empowering when you realize that ultimately your goals and your dreams are in your hand, like Mm. they're in your hands. Nobody else can take you keeping, putting one foot in front of the other away from you. Um, So yeah, it was, and and also sometimes just being stubborn, I'm a pretty stubborn person. And so yes, there were a lot of no's, but I believe in my product and I believe in the company and I believe in the brand Um, and also we were lucky enough that we also do direct to consumers so Mm. fine some retailers were saying no but there were lots of lovely women and men who were buying from us um, and they were saying yes and so you know as long as somebody's buying the product then yeah I thought well I'll keep selling it and one day hopefully people (laughs) catch up and they have and I think (laughs) that you know, your business, your brand has broken so many barriers for women like myself, but it's not necessarily just women like myself. I guess it's any women or anyone who identifies um, as a woman with any element of melanin in their skin that, you know, wants to find an item that is kind of closely matched to their skin color, just tights. I remember, goodness, (laughs) I remember growing up and I've got family that live in America and my auntie would kind of call me every now and again she'd be like what do you want from America and I'd send her this long list of things that I want from America so be it lip gloss Mm. foundation um sometimes you could get tights just depending on where you were in the U.S. yeah I sent her this incredibly long list and now thanks to 
businesses and brands like yours you know I can just pop down the road or I can go online and I <laughs> yeah. can find exactly what I need um, so I think you shouldn't take for granted all the amazing things that you've done with this particular business and I think also people need to understand and we'll definitely get into it um, but just how I guess prolific on how kind of barrier breaking this kind of business and this brand is and actually you've caught the attention of many celebrities which <laughs> yes. has been incredible um and the favorite story which I absolutely <laughs> love um most people if you know me really well you can probably guess who I'm probably about to talk about is Beyonce tell us about this connection <laughs> to the most incredible pop star in the world <laughs> How do you really feel uh, to be about Beyonce? I mean, I'm not a small fan. I am like the most Super fan. insane fan. I just went to the most recent um, concert and my sister came along with me and my sister just had a baby. So she was sitting down for most of the concert and she looked at me and she was like, you literally did not sit down once. I was like, nope, I'm not here to sit down at a Beyonce concert. Anyway, enough about me. I'd love to hear more. Um, yeah. and tell everyone more about the connection between Nubian Skin and Beyonce. Of course. So in 2016, which is quite a few years ago now, there was um, the Formation you know, album came out, which was just amazing and groundbreaking in so many ways. And I received an email um, from someone saying, oh, we'd love to work with you on the Formation tour, um, you know, like, let, let me know. And I was like, mm, delete. That's clearly scam. Like, that doesn't happen. And then a few days later, I thought, okay, actually, maybe I'll just send, I'll forward the email to a couple of friends who are, you know, in this like stylist and fashion space to see if they know who this person is. And they respond and they were like, right back to him right now. I think I actually we know, know who, who that stylist is. is as well. <laughs> I won't show any names, but yeah, I think I know. And and so I was like, oh my goodness. Um, So yes, we would love to work together. Like blah, 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 blah. Can we set up a phone call? And then I was like, oh my goodness, have I blown my chance? And I remember we just like played Beyonce all day, like for like two days waiting for this like response to come in. We're like trying to channel Manifest. the vibes. Um, and then, um, yeah, he sent an email back saying, yes, absolutely. This is what we want. These are the sizes. Da, da, da. Like it would be for her and all the dance. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember when the first concerts um, images started coming through and we were looking on her website and like looking on social media. And I like remember downloading some of the pictures and sending them to him and saying, is this what I think it is? Because they had so many mesh and cut out and see through mm. outfits for that tour. And he just wrote back saying 100%. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Did my you cry? Boobs. I would have cried. I'm like, my boobs are touching my, my bras are touching Beyonce's boobs this is amazing um and it was I didn't even have tickets to the concert and then um later on the tour when they came to London uh, one of the wardrobe mistresses reached out and she like gifted me tickets and it was Aww. just so so lovely um and I just thought it was amazing because obviously her team and her just really really wanted to focus on black owned businesses mm. um and the fact that well, one, it was amazing because I was like, oh, my goodness, my product is so needed that even these people who could, quite frankly, have anything they wanted are coming to the brand. So that was like that was really, really amazing to sort of digest. Um, but also, you know, knowing that people like her were paying it forward, which um, is amazing. And again, for this tour, um, we got orders from, you know, her, her stylist and her team for certain things as well. And so that was 
it wasn't, you know, as, as, as big as the last time, but it was also just like amazing in a really small way to still be part of it. And so, yeah, it's, that's been phenomenal. And, and we worked with um, her stylist on a few other projects as well. So that was, that was definitely a highlight. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if you keep a journal, but I, I, I would do. love to know what was your journal entry like during that Probably OMG, in- OMG, OMG, <laughs> OMG, OMG. <laughs> like, I can't believe this is actually happening. I mean, I, I don't know about you but if you're like me sometimes these big moments kind of pass by mm. and I don't really necessarily always allow them to sink in did you have yeah. that moment where you were just thinking this is actually happening I Ade have have created <laughs> this incredible brand that is now on Beyonce's personal person <laughs> I mean I was very very excited um and there was quite a bit of press coverage around it and so that was um, excited as far as whether I t- internalized it I think that's taken a bit more time mm. um, but I do remember when my husband and I went to the concert I was like oh my goodness I'm here because of Nubian skin mm. and that was that was pretty like wild that's epic 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 and your accolades and your achievements don't stop there by <laughs> any means earlier um, before that moment you were awarded an mbe and i love the story about how this came to be and how your sister was all kind of <laughs> in this process of you finding out and yeah tell us a little bit more about that yeah so that was goodness okay so this was 27 17 question mark yes 2017 um i 2017 was actually a very hard year business-wise um, and I was feeling quite discouraged just because it was a lot um, and I think any entrepreneur you'll speak to will talk about the ups and downs mm. of being an entrepreneur and so I wasn't feeling great about like you know my um, performance as an entrepreneur or the performance of the company I should say and um, it just felt very it felt like a lot of hard work mm. and my husband and I and a couple of our friends had gone on holiday and I had landed in the airport and my sister sent me a text saying, I think you've done something, uh, you've either done something really bad or something really good <laughs> because then she just sends me a letter and it says like Her Majesty's something at the front and I was like, oh, I was like, yes, I'm late to do my tax return. So can you just open it and tell me what my fine is? <laughs> and so she opens it and then she sends me just literally a series of texts going, OMG, 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 OMG. And I was like, it can't be that big of a fine. Like, I was just like, this isn't, like, I was like, what? I was like, how much is it? And then she sends me um, a, uh, like a, a picture and it says, uh, you have been nominated to receive an MBE for services to fashion. Insane. And I remember I burst into tears at the airport because it felt at that moment, sorry, I'm tearing up, but oh. it felt like at that moment, the journey was so hard and so thankless. And just that phrase services to fashion was, um, yeah, that was incredible because I thought somebody somewhere sees the impact this has mm. has on the industry um, and sees the work that I've been doing. Um, and so at that point on my journey, that was a really, um, that was a really important moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I can feel <laughs> the passion and I can feel the emotion behind that achievement. And also what I love, I, I remember very clearly that mm. picture and also um, images with your with your family as well like you just feel 
the joy and see the joy over your parents faces of you know we've encouraged you we've supported you we've believed in you and that moment of change that we always thought could happen Mm. is now has happened and is being recognized with an MBE so I just think it's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you yeah that's definitely I think one of my proudest moments was taking my parents with me to the investiture um they're dressed in their beautiful like Yoruba clothing and I just yeah that's a that is a um a core memory yeah absolutely oh my goodness I'm gonna be like, who's cutting the onions I don't need a tissue um yeah that's incredible and I just think for for that and for so many reasons it's just so mm. inspirational it's oh, not you. you know it's not every day that uh someone who's come from finance maybe from a slightly different cultural background Mm. has made that pivot and has had the courage to go forward and make this incredible change and create a brand but I don't think your brand is it's not just a fashion brand I don't Mm. see it as just a fashion brand it's a brand that I think enables women who maybe have felt marginalized yes perhaps by the fashion industry to feel empowered and to feel like they can be themselves so yeah it's more than just a brand which makes me come on to the work that you've done around softies yes and I'd love for you to tell people who are listening or watching today the incredible work that you've done in that area oh thank you well I'll explain what a softie is so a softie is a um it's a sort of soft prosthesis when um, a woman has breast cancer if it's advanced enough um, she may have to have a mastectomy as part of her treatment which is when the breast is removed to cut remove the tumor to make sure it doesn't spread Um, and when that happens you know, after the initial healing, she's given a softie. Um, And that's just a, um, it's a soft prosthesis, which you can put in her bra to create symmetry across her chest. And um, about, goodness, I think it was about two and a half years ago, amazing, amazing doctor, who's also a customer of Nubian Skin, called Natalie Johnson, approached me and she said, Ade, um, I'm wondering if you can help me with this project. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, give me a call. Let's talk about it. And she said, I have patients that come in and they've had a mastectomy and they need um, a softie and I give them one and it's not their color. And she's like, I've called the softie providers and I'm getting nowhere or I'm being ignored. Do you think Nubian skin could make softies in this color? Um, and at that point, she was going to try and actually um, fundraise to, to, to make this happen. Um, and I said, you know what, I would love to help. Like you let me know what you need and, and we'll we'll start this process. Um, probably about a year later, she was at the Royal Marsden um, NHS Trust and um, in collaboration with them and with funding from um, the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity, they decided to do a pilot program where they were going to create, um, where they were basically going to fund Nubian skin creating softies in those colours. And so um, that was that was last year. That was about a year ago. I think it was um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month last year that they that we we launched them, and that was such a special thing to be part of mm. because one, Natalie and Sarah Adoma, who was the breast care nurse at the Royal Marsden, you could tell how much they cared for their customers, and it was a really big testament to the power of representation because both of them are black yeah. women, so they could empathize with the women that were coming in and who didn't have the same level of care as as white Mm. patients um and so yeah getting to work with them on that was has been incredible yeah it's amazing and I think these days sadly so many people are touched by 
cancer. Mm. It doesn't really matter mm. who you are, your background, what you look like, your skin color. So if anything, if you know, if that awful disease doesn't discriminate, the treatment of exactly that disease and the aftercare should allow for, I guess, like, you know, an, an equal process. I don't know if that's exactly. even the right word, but well, it should basically allow for women and men to experience that aftercare in, in the same way and not experience a difference in aftercare exactly just because of the the color of their skin so it's incredible what you've done um I like I said I think lots of people um listening or watching and myself included will know somebody who's gone through that mm-hmm. cancer journey and just know yeah the ebbs and flows that come with it for that particular person who is going through it and for the people that around them they're also helping them go through it and those small things and it can feel like such a small thing um this kind of shape or this softy and, yeah. and making sure that it's in the right color but actually it's sometimes oh, it's those small things are the biggest things for those individuals who are trying to pick up the pieces of their lives and find their confidence and find their kind of way back to health so it's absolutely incredible. I think you should be so proud. There is so much that you should be so proud of. Um, and on this journey, what would you say are some of the lessons that you have learned that have really stuck with you? I'm really, really grateful for becoming an entrepreneur because up until I did, my life had progressed pretty much the way I wanted it to, mm. if that makes sense. So I wanted to go to... Um, you know, top 10 university in the US. And so, you know, I worked hard and that happened. And then I wanted to do my master's and I worked hard and I got into the program. And then I wanted to be, you know, an investment banker and I worked hard and that happened. And I wanted, and it was sort of like tick, 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 tick. And I, and I was working hard and obviously there were challenges along the way. Um, you know, I wanted to go live in Paris and I worked hard and I made that happen. And it was all quite linear. Um, and so I think when things like that happen, where you go, I want X, I know I can work hard and it will give me this result. And then you're like, brilliant, done, sorted, brilliant. Mm. Like, and, and it, it it can give you a very skewed sense of um, how the world works, but it also means that you're not challenging yourself as far as how you measure your worth, right? Um, and so becoming an entrepreneur was like getting... <laughs> hit by a truck because all of a sudden you can you know and even the beginning of Nubian Skin right I sort of said I want to do this and I worked really hard and I got it done and then everything went viral and I was like this is great this is easy I was like (laughs) like my life is charmed and I'm so blessed in my life in so many ways but then running a business I was like okay I want this to happen and it doesn't and Mm. I was like (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's literally like you know a robot malfunctioning going like what? no no <laughs> doesn't work like, like this that isn't how life works this is how my life works you know and um and I remember in 2019 it was the first time I went in um I, I had therapy because I was like I cannot understand mm. why like I just can't I can't understand this and I remember um sitting with my therapist and you know, and I said to her, I feel like a failure. And she was like, walk me through, you know, just like sort of walk me through your life. Like, <laughs> great. And then she was like, walk me through your journey as an entrepreneur, which, you know, clearly you think has been a failing. 
And so, you know, I'm like rattling off this and rattling off that. And she was like, so given everything you've told me, you know, does that, does that check out? Mm. And it was a really big eye-opening moment for me for realizing, for reevaluating how I measured myself. Mm. Um, and also because till then it was all, it said it was very linear and, and financially it was very linear. And so um, starting to look at what do I value? Like what makes my life a success? You know, when you strip away everything, yeah. what makes my life a success? Um, and that's when I started thinking about things like legacy mm -hmm. and impact. Um, and, you know, there was a brilliant, when you asked at the beginning of this, like, how do you define yourself? Um, and, you know, and I've said, I've always been a dreamer and creative and really looking at like, well, if that's who you are, then how do you define success? Mm. Um, and so that's been probably the biggest lesson that I've learned in this journey as an entrepreneur is understanding what really means success to me and how I value myself and the work that I'm doing. Uh, and that's, it's something that I, it's, it's still a work in progress, but it's been transformational for me. Yeah, it's so powerful because it takes us away from the things that are either, I guess, definable by the world. Exactly. And it brings you to the things that you can define for yourself and for your family and for your business mm -hmm. and like you say for those that you want to leave a legacy for and I think you shouldn't take it for granted that whilst you're in your beautiful youth <laughs> um, that you have gone on this journey and you're still going on this journey and you've still got time to define yourself how you would like to be defined I think it's just incredible and massively inspirational oh, thank you. um and so what would you like to share with others who maybe might want to go on a similar <laughs> change journey to you well I think one thing to do change is very exciting it can also be very traumatic and I am a very big believer in planning <laughs> I think that if you are going to make a big big change in your life that you should plan and be responsible um but I also, in my life at least, I've always known that, you know, at the end of my life, whenever that will be, I never, ever want to look back and go, I could have done. Mm. Because that would just, ah, that would like break me, yeah. right? Like I could have done this or I could have been that. Just if there is something that you really feel passionately about, um, you know, and if you would want that like on your tombstone or you want that to be part of your legacy, do it. Like there is, there is, like just do it. There is no point of living life with a regret that you didn't do something mm. that really and truly, if you just sort of put your shoulder to the wheel and if you didn't think about, you know, how the world defines success or how the, what the world thinks you should do, like if you really, really want to do something, goodness, try. Yeah. Even if you fail, at least you tried, right? Like that's, I think that for me, that's that's the key thing is if you are going to make a change plan, um, but if there's something that you do want to do, figure it out and just do it so you, you never have regrets. 
I love that. It's such a beautiful and powerful message for us to come towards the end of our conversation on. Um, So thank you. And thank you for being so open and honest and taking us on the many beautiful twists and turns and meanders of your incredible journey. I'm so honoured that um, you are here as our guest on this podcast. And the final question that we're asking to all of our guests is how has this big change impacted if at all or changed how you define yourself it's interesting because on the one hand I feel like it hasn't changed how I define myself because I've always been you know a dreamer and a creative and you know I think even if I hadn't started the company I would be a wife and a mother and um but it's also made all the difference because it has enabled me to define life on my own terms Mm. and yeah I can't say more than that to come to that full circle moment where you actually have gone from wanting to do something to then doing something, but actually then realizing that life for you is actually how about you define yourself and you create these moments and create these opportunities and actually create impact in some many ways links back to your values and how you still see yourself, which is someone who is a creative and a dreamer. And I love that. And I think that's so powerful to go from the ability to create and to dream and to do but also to do it then on your own terms I think if anything that is the meaning of happiness and wealth and life so what a powerful lesson um and thank you so much I'm so honored that we've been able to unpack this conversation thank you for having me honestly and thank you for being such a lovely interview a massive thank you to Ade for joining and sharing an incredible story and moment of change uh, with us today thanks to you guys for listening and we will see you in our next omni women or change podcast